0: This one night, there was a group of male magicians there, and they weren't throwing a challenge out whatsoever. They just happened to be saying, escapology is really just a male domain. I was like, no, like women can do escapes. If you can do it, I can do that. If I was going to do something, I was going to do something big and pretty good. So that's what I did.
1: Welcome to the Women in Magic podcast, where we explore the meaning of magic in a brand new way. Through awesome interviews with amazing guests, we'll do a glittery deep dive into the topics of magic, mentalism, performance, creativity, spirituality, intuition, and entertainment to peel back the curtain and look at the power and role that magic plays in all of our lives. Through shining the spotlight on incredible magicians and masters of their craft across the world, together we'll feel completely inspired by their insightful lessons, hilarious stories, and wild adventures. Thank you for joining me on this magical journey. Joining me today is Helen Coughlin, the world's first female magician to ever perform Houdini's famous water torture escape. Her magic career kicked off at the age of 15, assisting her father, Arthur Coughlin, with his illusion show at the Magic Castle on the Gold Coast in Australia. Magic quickly became Helen's love and passion, achieving incredible escapology feats through her career. Helen and her father, Arthur, team up to create unbelievable effects, which have been so impossible that they've even fooled the greatest minds in magic Penn and Teller five times, together holding a completely unmatched record with five Fool Us trophies. Helen Coughlin, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you, Jordana, for having me. It's so nice to be here.
1: So nice to meet you and an absolute joy to be able to see you with a Fool Us trophy behind you. Yeah, I'm pretty chuffed with it. I like it. It's okay. (laughs) You like it. I love it. (laughs) Before we came on, I was like, "Um, where are the other four?
0: Yeah, well, the other four, like I was saying, I've given them to Dad to look at because this is my office that I don't spend a lot of time in, whereas the other four, I've given them to Dad because those trophies are his as much as they are mine, and he's got them in a space that he sees them every single minute of every single day, and I think he would appreciate them a lot more than what I would just coming in and out of an office yeah. So that's where the other four are. This is the original one, the very first performance I did.
1: Number one, amazing. So what does magic mean to you? It's probably my most important, big, beautiful question that I love to kick off with.
0: Okay, well, let's hope I've got a really good answer to
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. I'm really gonna, yeah, I'm gonna really disappoint you. No, 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 if you don't have a good answer, you can just hold the trophy, that's okay. <laughs> You're just like, um, I don't know what to say, so, but look at this, look, I got a trophy. Yeah, this Fool is us. the answer, this is the answer, okay? <laughs> and take oh, notice of the letters. See. Oh, da-da-da-da-da, <laughs> magic, there.
0: <laughs> now yeah. no, look, magic means to me it's a way of connecting. I love to entertain an audience and make everybody just for the moment just forget the outside world, honestly. So people can sit there and no matter what they've got going on in their life, they can just sit there and just be amazed for whether it's five minutes, half an hour, So that's what I really love about magic and I suppose that's what it means to me, just being able to bring a smile to someone's face. It's as simple as that.
1: I love that. And so magic is all about creating the impossible. You and your father have achieved the impossible by fooling Penn and Teller five times, five times, not just once. What does that actually feel like?
0: It's an amazing experience, honestly, to fool them once was good enough and then to fool them twice but three times four times but five times it's like are you kidding me but how we fool them dad creates all the magic i've been around a long time they'll remember my dad arthur Coglin. he's a bit of an australian legend in the magic circles he's the one who creates all the magic so the magic that we perform in pen and teller are dad's original ideas so they're not ideas that pen and teller or methods used by any magicians anywhere else in the world they're mm. very unique which means Penn and Teller would have no idea they would never have seen these methods before so with that it's a good feeling knowing that you know what dad's been coming up with these things also for years so finally he's getting recognition like worldwide recognition that he truly deserves for all his wonderful ideas and I suppose Pen and Teller Fool Us is just a platform for us that You know, his ideas have hit the worldwide audience.
1: Yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. So, when it was like one, oh my God, we won a trophy, and then two, and then three, and then four, and then five, is it the same level of excitement? Does it fade at all, or does it just get even greater? Because you're like, I can't believe we've done it again.
0: It's exactly, exactly right. The level goes up each time. Like the last one, it was like, oh my God, we fooled you. Five times because last time I was in Vegas just by myself because I didn't have a live audience so I couldn't take anyone with me and that was strange because usually Dad's been there. I've been able to take Dad, the family actually, every performance except the last one. So as soon as I got that trophy, I couldn't wait to get off stage and actually call him and say, Dad, guess what? Mm. Guess what? We've done it again. I just wanted to share it with him. So, yeah, number five, it's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. It's incredible. So you wanted to be a hairdresser when you were younger and instead of getting an apprenticeship there, you decided to just help your dad out. Yes. And you've never looked back. Where does that decision fall on the scale of greatest decisions in your entire life?
0: Probably the greatest ever. (laughs) When I left school, as you said, I wanted to be a hairdresser but I couldn't get a hairdressing apprenticeship anywhere. So at the time, dad needed a magician's assistant. So I thought you know what, I'll just do this until something better comes along. And I start, I enjoyed it so much, it surprised me how much I, I did enjoy it. And, of course, nothing better ever did come along. So that was probably the best decision I have made because magic has taken me, I've reached so many levels, different levels, that I don't think I could ever achieve in hairdressing.
1: And back to just what you were saying about your father creating effects that he made themselves. So there's no way that Penn and Teller could have known those methods. That almost unlocks the secret code to actually being able to fool them, doesn't it? Because so many people will go on with effects that they know that are just weaved into different kind of patterns and routines and presentations, but you've literally just shared the secret with us.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. If someone can come up with something original and not just an original routine, but an original idea, that in itself is the key.
1: Yeah. And when your dad comes up with a new idea and you guys decide we're going to go and do this, is it just like, do you even need to speak about it? Because from the outside, it just seems like you're just a well-oiled machine. Like the idea pops up and you know what to do and you know how to get out and he does this. And then it's just like, yeah, we've got this one nailed. Let's move on to the next one. Like how does it actually work between you guys? I'm glad it actually looks like that. <laughs> uh, and we are, and I suppose
0: to a certain extent we are a well-oiled machine because I've been working with Dad for, it would have to be like 40 years now since I left school, which, ooh, did I say 40? I meant 20. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think you said te- I heard 10. I don't 10, 10, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, Helen, I do. heard 10. <clears> yeah, yeah. anyway, it's been a long time so <laughs> we've worked together. So we know the way each other works really well. But Dad comes up with the idea he's the one who comes up with the idea for the magic now sometimes he'll actually if he has the trick ready he'll actually show me the trick and i'll just sit there and go how the hell i have no idea how you did that or other times like we're working on one at the moment he's taking me into like this is what i want to achieve this is how we can achieve it what do you think so i'll Mm -hmm. have a bit of an input with that basically he will come up with the idea and then he'll hand it over to me for the routine. Cool. So sometimes, and as I said, we're, build it, we're working on one together. I've had a little bit of an input with this one. And if I get a bit of an input and I find ways to improve it, although I think there's an improvement, I just say, Dad, you can build that, can't you? You can fix that, can't you? So with a couple of them, it's like, yes, I've actually helped, I've actually helped create one. It feels good from a creative point of view. And then sometimes when I do the routine, dad will come to me and say, you know what, to improve the routine, maybe try this. So it just, it's very easy working with him. And like I said, I know how his mind works. He knows how my mind works we've got the same sense of humor. So when it comes to presentation, we like to make it a little bit more lighthearted rather than anything too serious. Yeah, And he will say, oh yeah, that's funny. Or, oh, that's not funny. So that's yeah. how we work.
1: Yeah. Amazing. What's it been like having a father who has the ability to create absolutely anything? Like how does that level of anything is possible as a benchmark? How has that inspired you in your life?
0: Well, Dad has the attitude, never give up, nothing is impossible. And yeah, I suppose it's his never give up attitude and his very positive attitude that it does inspire me because going back to dad, he was a mechanic by trade. He can fix anything. On his property, he's got this huge shed. Any tool you can imagine is in the shed. Dad can fix whatever you want. He's a carpenter, he's an electrical, like an electrician, he knows all of these things. So whether it's fixing a car, obviously, changing, and I don't mean changing light bulbs, but changing structures in the house, like lighting structures if you want, whatever, he can do it. So that level of it can be done does has definitely flowed through to me and I suppose I'll try anything once. And my <laughs> mantra once. is, I suppose, well, <laughs> depends if I like it and then it might be more <laughs> than once, but it will be if I've got nothing to lose, I'll go for it. But I mean, honestly, I'm just, I suppose, a mini me of dad because I will, I'm not as clever as him by any means, but I will try and fix things. Most of the times, actually, it probably doesn't work out. And that's when I go, hey, dad, can you, I've stuffed up, can you you get me out of this trouble? Yeah.
1: I love that. When you sit down at a family dinner, are you just like waiting for your dad to just like pull off a leg of a chair and just take a hole out of something? Like is every (laughs) moment just like, is he just looking at everything as though it's like a prop? To create or recreate... All the
0: time, yes, all the time. He not, doesn't necessarily will bring anything out, but I know his mind ticks over all the time. Even when he's asleep, he lying in bed, he thinks of different ideas. He could be walking down a shopping centre, like in the shopping centre, and see something and go, oh, that would make a good trick. And there was once he was at, was he at the dump? I think he was. And he found, now going back many years, when Telstra had, actually it was probably telecom back in the day, had public telecom. phones in say shopping centers and they had like little bubbles around them little half bubbles anyway he saw one of these at the dump one and he thought oh that would make a really good trick he got it from the dump and he made it into this fantastic presentation an appearance at the beginning of the show he would show this empty bubble and then next thing i'd pop out of it so that's (laughs) that's how his mind works (laughs) just a prop he got from
1: the dump yeah so you know the days that the council is collecting hard (laughs) rubbish on the street is that like if that's a like that's a fun day right (laughs) that's a great day oh what can we make into this yeah (laughs) now you were the first female magician to do houdini's escape how do you feel when you look back on that experience
0: well, when I look back on it, I'm really proud of it. And I don't think I realised at the time what a big deal it was because, like, our heyday, honestly, would have been 30, 40 years ago. That's when we were a lot bigger in Australia and doing a lot more shows. So when I did the water torture, it wasn't that uncommon for us to be in the newspaper or on the news for something. But when I did that, it was just, oh, yeah, that's something that I... That's what we did. That's what I do for a living sort of thing. And mm. it's only now when I get some feedback from other people and some recognition now that I go, well, actually that was pretty big when I look back at it now. Yeah. So yeah, it's something I'm, I am really proud of.
1: And that was instigated and correct me if I'm wrong by some magicians believing strongly that escapology is just, and was restricted for male magicians and something that males were supposed to do. So you chose to challenge that, which is hats off to you
0: yeah absolutely absolutely at the time we had a theater restaurant here on the gold coast and obviously like a lot of magicians visiting magicians to the gold coast would come along and, and watch the show and after the show we'd always catch up with them have a drink have a bit of a chat and this one night there was a group of male magicians there and they weren't throwing a challenge out whatsoever they were just just happened to be saying escapology is really just a male domain and i sort of just sorry what and they said, yeah, yeah, it's like it's just a mild to was like, no, like women can do it. escapes. I could do that. If you can do it, I could do that. So that's how the uh, the water torture, I don't know where the idea from for the water torture, but uh, if I was going to do something, I was going to do something big and pretty good. So that's what I did.
1: <laughs> like... Oh, my God. For everyone listening, you should have just seen <laughs> Helen's face. That just went serious. Like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. Big, yes. So did any of uh, those magicians come back and say, We're sorry? Like did they ever challenge you again? Or did did that level of discussion ever happen again? Or you've just done that and you're just like, supreme? Yeah, it's pretty much dropped the mic on that one.
0: <laughs> it was like, <gasps> nah. Honestly, I think I was just out to prove a point. I proved a point. I don't even remember who they were. I can't even remember if I heard back from them or not. It was, you know, it was so long ago now. And I haven't had any other challenges since. I don't know whether it's because I won't shy away from it or I'm not too sure. I haven't had any challenges since. But I wanted to prove a point and I did.
1: Oh, snap, you did. So <laughs> over the years, yeah, boom. Over the years, you've done wild escapology. How many times have you legitimately thought to yourself, oh, my God, what if I don't actually get out of here?
0: I think, and I can't remember what escape it was, but I think there was once that I was in a situation. It was like, oh, my gosh, what the hell am I doing in here? And, yeah, what if I can't get out? But then all of a sudden it was like, you can't think like that. If you think like that, then you're gone. So you've got to get out of that mindset straight away. And I've never ever gone down
1: that track again. Wow, Mm. so how much of it is skill, technique Mm. versus actually mind control? Like what are the Uh, skills you need in those moments of intense pressure?
0: Well, mind control to start with because you've got to have the confidence in yourself and the belief to know, hey, yeah, I can do this. I know what I'm doing, it's fine. And well, the skill and the technique, obviously, just to be able to pull it off, to actually get out of the escape or the situation Mm. that you're in. So it's probably a good mix of all of the above.
1: Yeah. And so what level of confidence do you need going into impossible scenarios? Are you just like, I'm just going to blitz this? Is there, do you get nervous? Do you get butterflies? Oh,
0: no. Always nervous. Always nervous. Always butterflies. You have to be confident enough with yourself to know that you're going to get out otherwise you wouldn't be doing it or you'd be stupid to do it in the first place (laughs) so that level well no but that level of confidence that I never and I would hate to think I've ever ever gotten cocky for any situation I don't believe I'm that kind of person whatsoever and especially in escapology I don't take anything sort of you know I got this that's fine sort of thing no always nervous before an escape or even doing magic until I start, once I start, I'm fine, but it's until I start. And the same with escapes. Until I start or I get locked in beforehand, it's like, have I got it all covered? All my bases? Yeah. Okay. I know it. Okay. I'm right to go. So you have to have belief in yourself, whether it's confidence or just belief in yourself that you know you're going to do it.
1: Yeah. Okay. And on the flip side of that, what is the craziest thing that's ever happened to you while you were performing? Underwater, on top of water, around water, you choose. You've done so much.
0: (laughs) The craziest thing I've ever done, going back to when we had the theatre restaurant, I had lost my voice one time. It was really a struggle to speak. And so the people who ran the restaurant in our theatre restaurant, one of the guys said to me, You need some port wine and brandy. That will clear it up. So I went, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. So I down, down that hatch. And then someone else said, No, no, no. You need a rum. I was like, oh, Okay, rum will fix it. So I down oh. that. And I honestly, to this, I don't know whether they were just pulling my leg to see if I'd got something. I was going to say, were they, com- were they competing
1: performers trying to bring you down?
0: <laughs> no, they, they, they were chefs. But I don't know. But it was like, Oh, I don't think I should have done that. Hey, Dad, I think I've had a, uh, yeah, I still perform, but I think I was just a little bit more happy than what I normally am. Yeah, you know, hey, everyone. <laughs> I could probably say I
1: was drunk. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, which is probably I would, yeah, don't condone that behaviour whatsoever. And that was by pure accident, but that's probably the craziest thing that's ever happened to me.
1: Okay. Don't drink and perform. Mm. And don't also listen and to chefs when they're perform. trying to tell you that alcohol will soothe a sore throat. <laughs> exactly. Rookie era, Rookie era. Helen. Yeah.
0: See what I mean? Exactly.
1: I'll try anything once. There you go. I believe oh everybody. Thankfully. Thankfully you only did that once. <laughs> What's the hardest lesson you have learned in your beautiful magical career? Not everyone is going to like you
0: in a nutshell. Not everyone is going to like you. And like I said, dad and I were the height of our career, probably about 30 years ago for me 30 or 40 years ago and it's only been the last few years we've come back into it since 2018 with Penn & Teller and the recognition that we're getting there and after my first appearance on Fool Us someone put something up on YouTube someone posted the clip and was like oh my gosh I was so excited so I you know looked at the comments and there were all these comments saying that was fantastic how you know all these wonderful comments and then I got to one and it said can't stand that woman and they just bagged me and was like what have I done what have I done and it was just I stopped reading comments Mm. and you know what I might get a hundred people saying how nice the performance was I might get one people that said that completely sucked how the hell did she get on the show and that's the one I remember and that's the one I take to heart so you can't please everybody all of the time
1: for me That is the lesson. Yeah, not even without standing. And and, and you just have to accept it. Are you looking for amazing new magic effects? My friends at Global Magic Shop have an incredible range of hand-picked exclusive products directly from magic creators. These unique magic and mentalism effects, coupled with their huge online catalogue, provide the perfect additions to any street magic, stage magic, close-up magic, corporate magic, or party repertoire. Head to globalmagicshop.com.au and use the coupon Jordana for a 10% discount for all new customers. What do you know? and love about magic that you wish more people knew because when we practice magic, when we love magic, when we create magic, when we deliver magic, we know that it is such an Mm. incredible art form with with so much richness and depth, but so many people can look at magic and go, Oh yeah, yeah, I don't really like it. So what do you know now that you just wish more people knew in their hearts about magic?
0: I wish more people from the audience point of view would just accept it as the entertainment. Most people do, but you will get some people that will just wanna figure out how it's done. And that annoys them because they don't enjoy the act as much because all they do is sit there trying to figure out how it's done. I wish they would just sit back, just accept it that it's just entertainment. We're not out there to prove that we're smarter than anybody else. We're just there to entertain people so I think there are some people that as I said just have to figure out how it's done and they can't rest until no I have to know how it's done just lose that mindset and just you know what oh my gosh that was so clever that was so entertaining that was it that I wish more people would think about that
1: way I find that people respond, we can tell a lot about people by the way they respond to a magic effect. They either go right brain, which is awe and wonder and how did you do that but doesn't require a response or they go left brain immediately, analytical, do it again, I need to know how. In your experience, where would you say the majority of people land? Like if you could put a percentage to it over the many years. Right brain for sure.
0: Accepting it, just entertainment. Oh, my gosh, how clever was that? Wonderful,
1: Yeah. Oh, that's, that's amazing. It. Okay. Which mm. is why the analytical probably pops out to you more is can you guys not just like live in the right space?
0: Yeah. And I suppose to a certain extent it gets annoying because once again, just over <laughs> the recent years, <laughs> it's annoying <laughs> slash funny. Oh, well, like some people come to me and say, oh, I know how you did that trick and fool us. It's obvious you did this. And it's like, you're kidding, aren't you? Like, how the heck? Like you go and try and build that prop, and you, if you think you know how it's done, you do it. And it's just so weird how people, uh, and I'll give you a classic example. Just recently, the full last escape I did last year was on the beach here on the Gold Coast. So we did it on the beach. You can't tunnel, there are no trapdoors, nothing. It can't be more innocent than being on a beach, on the Gold Coast, in the middle of the beach. Anyway, someone comes to me and said, that was just a red herring. You, of course, had a tunnel under there. How the hell can you build a tunnel under? But he was so convinced. And so he's telling everyone, oh, no, I know how that's done. It was like, dude, can you hear what you're actually saying? And I hope he's listening to this podcast so I can actually say, you're a moron. (laughs) (laughs)
1: sorry Helen but we all know that tunnel goes straight to your apartment or house wherever you are right now I can actually see the opening of the tunnel
0: Yep. sorry I should have I'll reposition the camera (laughs) but so things like that it actually annoys me and I know I should just let them go but if he had that right brain that just said oh wow that was amazing that's fine or even if he didn't think it was amazing just shut up but don't <laughs> turn around and try and analyze it and, you know, so that's get annoying. But like I said, I, I, yeah, I just need therapy for that, but that's okay.
1: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if he's listening right now, this has had long-term damage. <laughs> What's the most incredible moment of joy and wonder that you have created for another person through magic?
0: I actually don't know if I could pinpoint it just to one moment. I think there are a lot, of different moments like every show brings wonder and joy to an audience and if it doesn't then we're doing something wrong now each week dad and i perform magic there's a school camp here on the gold coast it's telebudger beach school so we perform every wednesday night we have done so for years we do a bit of lecture on positive thinking and just because something doesn't appear to be logical doesn't mean it can't happen and also a lot of the premise behind the lecture is like, if you fail at something, keep going. Because we've had a lot of failures along the way trying to build the magic that we do in the escapes. Of course, we have failures, but we don't give up. Just mm. keep going and in the end you will succeed. So, but with a lot of those kids and we do magic in part, because the lecture sort of only subliminal messages, I suppose. We do magic with it. And the kids, a lot of these kids, like they're maybe 10 or 11, they come from rural areas around Australia, around Queensland, wouldn't have seen a live show before. So for them to sit there and go and watch a magic show right happening right in front of them, it's just every week, it's like,
1: just the look on their faces and just the awe. And it's like, oh my gosh, I love this. Amazing. I love that. So you said that every show should have awe and wonder. Is that your intention when you get up to perform? Like what is your goal and what is the greatest outcome for you?
0: Well, it's probably not intentional that it has awe and wonder, but I mean that's probably what a magic show is all about, isn't it? Like awe and wonder for magic. So, yeah, I think that's what we set out to achieve and I'd like to think for every performance we do, like I said, if we don't then we're doing something wrong.
1: Yeah, amazing. We've sort of touched on it a little bit, but moving on to the title of the podcast, Women in Magic. Why do you think there are so many more males in the industry than there are females?
0: I think that would just have to go back to the early days when you watched a magic show and the magician was a male and his assistant was a beautiful female. Quite often, his wife or his partner, or in Like dad's case, it was his daughter, it was me. So I think that's honestly, that's all it stems from. And it's just, you know, flowed through the generations.
1: So as you've just explained, the traditional model was male magician, female assistant. You started as an assistant, but then you and your father created a show together. How do you feel your dynamic and the success of what you were creating challenged the traditional model of males and females working together in the industry?
0: Well, I don't think I really thought too much about it at the time because it was just something we did. We were doing, like Dad and I were doing up to six shows a day at in a, the Magic Castle here on the Gold Coast. So we performed so much together and it was only afterwards that it was like, oh, it would be nice if we could turn the tables and have male assistants, which probably didn't come to fruition until <laughs> 2020 on Penn & Teller Us. Let me just think about that for a minute. I thought I'm going to turn the tables around and I wanted male assistance in the show. And so I enlisted the boys from Thunder from Down Under who very happily obliged and it was like, thank you, boys. So I liked that in the way that, yes, it did turn the illusion, no pun intended, of the male magician and the beautiful female assistants to Mm. the female magician to the beautiful male assistants. So that was a bit of a a tongue-in-cheek thing, so to speak. But uh, how good was that?
1: It was so good. Oh my God. It was so good. (laughs) Not only because the best of Australia was on show, but you just went snap. Let's just break that stereotype right in half. What else have you done? So you did Houdini's, you did the Houdini escape as a way to challenge what the discussion was amongst the men that you overheard. You brought Thunder Down Under on to show that, you know, men can be assistants too. Is there anything else that you've done that we might not know about? Ooh, gee, that's a good question. Or that you're planning to do that we can wait in anticipation for. I'm bringing out an album next year. No, I'm not. (laughs) I was like, hang on, hold on. on." I was like, does she
0: sing as well? No, uh, definitely not. Definitely not. That's why I'm a magician, because I can't (laughs) sing. (sighs) Oh, no. Magician, musician, same, same. Yeah, don't you get that a lot? Oh, you're a musician. No, it's a magician. Get it right. (laughs) Get it right. Um, No, there's nothing, nothing. Because honestly, we pretty much up until Penn and Telefool Us came along, and I know I keep mentioning it, but up until they've come along the last few years, we pretty much retired. Like, Dad's 90 He's 90 now. Wow. But when I say you wouldn't know that he's 90. He's just, he's pretty fit. His mind's as sharp as anything. And he he really loves the pen and teller because it keeps his mind going. But up yeah. until then, I pretty much retired from magic as well. I mean, we'd done everything sort of way back when. So we've only just come out of the semi-retirement, I suppose, and Penn & Teller we thought would only be for one year. And then it's just rolled over and gotten bigger and bigger. Dad had written a book back in 2007, which was released in America with all his secrets to the magic that he has personally invented and come up with. He's just re-released that because of popular demand. It's just been people wanting that book and wanting a bit more of an insight into how he
1: thinks of things, that we've just yeah.
0: re-released it.
1: So on the book, your your father shares secrets to some impossible escapes. So do you yeah. believe that the best kept secrets should be shared so that future generations can be inspired or do you think that as some magicians do they keep them to themselves? Like where do you land on the share them for the creativity and the joy and the wonder or like where do you sort of sit on the scale of that discussion?
0: Well, with Dad's secrets that he's released in his book, these are secrets going back to escapes, going back. Like the first one he did would have been 40 years ago and moving back, you know, 30 or 40 years. And no one has ever, ever solved any of these escapes. So it's like how long does he wait before Mm. you actually tell the secrets? And I think the, the reason Dad did tell the secrets was... So people would understand the way his mind works, how to know. let people also know the effort that he has put into it to make things happen. And also from that, probably unknowingly to him, it does inspire other people to think outside the square because you know what? come up with something original and it's a different form of magic. It's not necessarily just a full pen and tell or anyone like that or magicians, but it's like be yourself, come up with something different. And I think it gets people thinking and it does inspire them that, well, it's like, well, if he can do it, surely I can do it. It can be done. Yeah. So, yeah, so from that point of view, and honestly, some of the secrets that he has Look, they're too good, to, you know, for him to take them to the grave with him. They're just yeah. too good, and I think it, people will appreciate the effort and the work that he did put into it.
1: Yeah, and so you said that you came out of semi-retirement from magic to re-burst onto the scene for Pennantella. How different has it been to come back and to perform again like that? Are you are you smarter? Are you wiser? Do you have the wisdom of the break? Was there a fresh sense of energy? Like what was that experience like? I would think all of the above, fresh sense of
0: energy for sure. All of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, I missed performing. I didn't realise how much I missed it until I performed again. And it was like, oh my God, I really love this. This is... This is what I'm destined to do. I love performing. Yeah, and I think with the experience, having all the experience behind us too, to a certain extent, we'd been there, done that with a lot of stuff. Having that break for a while was probably the best thing that ever happened. And what, like we were saying before, it's all about timing. It's all about timing. So maybe this was only meant to happen to us if this opportunity had arisen years ago. I probably would have been a bit more blasé. I, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's only supposed to happen five times, I think is what you, yeah. You're... yeah. <laughs> five times. Let's just, just five, five times, times guys, five times, five, <laughs> five times. times. Yep. Amazing. So what do you love about performing? And then on that note, what magic inspires you? Cause you've seen a lot, you've done a lot. You are incredibly talented. You can do a oh, lot. Thank what... you.
0: Oh, that was very, very kind. Oh, well, it's all true. You obviously got that money beforehand. Thank you.
1: (laughs) I got it, guys. I got. I've actually got. (laughs) Helen sent me a suitcase full of colorful notes because in Australia we have colorful money. So it's just it's it's so heavy I can't even carry it. So thank you, Helen. Yep. Excellent. So there'll be lots more compliments coming. Yeah, no. I've got a whole list here. I'm so sorry. I, I. Have I not said enough so far? Hang on. (laughs) So, you are so incredibly talented. No, you are. You genuinely are. You're so talented. That's one. That's one. (laughs) We're in the rhythm now. Money well paid. (gasps) Don't have to send it back. Noted. Exactly. (laughs) So what do you love about performing and what magic inspires you? Okay. Once again, it gets back to
0: I love performing because I just love seeing people smile. It's making people happy. If they can forget what's going on in the world at the moment, just for a few minutes, that makes me happy. What kind of magic inspires me? Anything good. Anything good. There's so many fantastic magicians around and I will just sit there and go, oh my gosh, I like something that's lighthearted, I like something that's original, I'm not too much into anything that's, oh yeah I've seen someone else do that, if someone copies another person's routine it's like completely puts me off, so it has to be original, and yeah lighthearted or even something, even if it's not lighthearted, just something so visual, and I just love being amazed, so I just love going, you know that's, it's a good feeling. I really enjoyed, it. And I'm not the type of person who will sit there and go, how did he do that? I need to know how he did that. i just sit back and go, oh, my gosh, you got me with that one. I loved it.
1: Yeah, amazing. How often are you thinking about creating magic? I don't have dad's
0: brain, but I try as much as I can. Like I will try if I see something around the house go, oh, can I do a magic trick with a toothbrush or something silly? <laughs> Unfortunately, I can't carry it through because a lot of the times it's like oh, I have no idea what what I can do with it. But I try to think of ideas. But yeah, no, Dad's honestly he holds the talent, and that that part I got okay. nothing. And I'm so lucky and
1: thankful. You still go there. It actually sounds like, you know how like Seinfeld, when people ask him where he gets his ideas oh, from, I it's like, he, yeah, he'll just, from an observational comedic perspective, he just looks at every single thing around us that we use every day and just flips it around to give it a different perspective. And it sounds like when you just said, I'll just pick up a toothbrush and think, how can I do magic with this? That it's almost like a Seinfeld approach to magic going, what can I create with this? So it does sound like that has definitely, come from your dad yeah
0: oh absolutely yeah i get that level from dad but then carrying it forward and making it into a trick i actually can't follow through because i always think magic is good with everyday objects like you know whether it's a glass of milk or you know just something but something that's a magical prop to me and I mean I'm not taking away anything that is a magical prop because I mean we've all used them and it's all part of the entertainment. But from these days it's like, oh, if I can get somebody an everyday object that someone would know and uh, I would know or they might even have at home. And you do something with that. I would love to be able to do a magic trick with something like that, but, no, that's still to come. Watch this space maybe.
1: I was going to say, do you take your half ideas to your dad to, de- to say, can we brainstorm this? Can we workshop it?
0: Yeah, sometimes I'll go to dad and say, oh, what about an idea? If you do this, you do that. And he'll just look at me and go, what do you think? I am a bloody magician. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he'll go, no, that's just a bit too, too out there. You're just come like lower your expectations down a little bit more.
1: I, I, try. You're like, um, I try. You're like, Hang on a second. You've given me high expectations my entire life. Yeah, exactly. Like surely I can just pull
0: my head off and just carry it under my arm and walk around like people examine it. Surely that's not too hard to build, <laughs>
1: you know, but apparently it is. There is nothing that you two cannot do. How many female magicians have you personally influenced? in your career in terms of either messages that you've received online or people that have actually come up to you like what impact have you had on females in the industry
0: well i'm not too sure i do get the occasional message or feedback which is really lovely because i don't think i appreciate or understand what a big impact especially the last few years have been with and not just australian magician like international magicians as well and I will get messages from people it's like oh my gosh someone in you know Sweden or something you've seen me over there or and when I get those messages and it doesn't happen all the time it's just the occasional one but I go oh wow that's really lovely to think that I might have just me, I've inspired you I find it sometimes a little bit hard to comprehend but it's a really nice thing to hear that you know I've
1: inspired someone I like that is there anything that you think the magic industry can do or should do to encourage more young women in? Is there anything that that you would love to see change? I don't
0: think so these days because, look, there are so many female magicians and they're fabulous. They're fabulous. Mm. And, look, look at yourself, for example, as well.
1: Stop it. By the way, before Helen's just said that, I literally just showed her the case of money that she gave me and I said, I'm giving it back to you now before you answer this question. <laughs> No,
0: but seriously, seriously, like, look at what you've been able to achieve and what you've done with it. Maybe I can throw this question back to you. Have you come across any obstacles while in the last 18 months while you've learned?
1: No, not at all. No, there you go. Yeah. Except for there is not a thumb tip in the world that will fit my oh. finger. And in a million years, you will never catch me alive with a black or brown wallet. So there are definitely props that rule out me doing some effects purely because they are just made for men. So I'm waiting for Prada to collaborate (laughs) with some amazing magic company just to create me the wallet of my magical dream. So aside from all of that, that that is real stuff. Actually, you do
0: have a good point there. And also, cards, playing cards, for a female magician to palm playing cards. Men obviously have larger hands, and so they can hide the cards a lot easier than I've just got average size hands. But you have beautiful hands, Helen.
1: Stunning hands. Oh,
0: stop it. Stop it. See, you've just completely thrown me now. But, yeah, no, you're right with some of the props mainly for magicians. But in the way of live shows or TV shows, I think it's so inclusive these days. And that shows and magazine covers, magic magazines rather. Sorry, I don't mean just normal like, hello, um, playboy or anything. But magic (laughs) magazines are embracing female magicians and Including them as well. So you'll just read about as many female magicians and see just as many female magicians, live shows, TV and magical magazines, what you will with men. So I think these days they're given just as much opportunity and if they're good enough,
1: their talent will show through. If you could turn the clock back and give yourself one piece of magical advice, what would it be? Learn close-up. I couldn't
0: do any close-up magic if my life depended on it we always were doing when I was growing up and working with dad big stage illusions Mm. big props everything was big and big escapes so now it's like oh I wish I had yeah learnt a bit of close up I would love to do that Uh, and even now i probably I've got no excuse I should I should learn some close up but I just uh, sometimes suddenly things like talking to you or talking to people it was like oh yeah I should learn a bit of close up and just goes out of my mind i go and do yeah. something else
1: i'll remind you i'll remind yeah. you i'm sure there's so <laughs> many magicians that would be like hang on a second helen wants to learn close-up i'll teach her some amazing stuff
0: oh yeah absolutely <laughs> if anyone wants to show me teach me some close-up magic I'm only too happy to learn oh
1: amazing but it's got to be good it's oh hang on wait well it's got it's mm. got to fall into that what what's good for you in terms of close-up because that's a whole different category
0: oh, what's good in the way of close-up? Okay, I'm not taking anything away from card tricks but not a million card tricks and not ones that are just the usual, you know, the order of the cards or anything like that. I don't know, it's coin magic or just something that I would look at and go, oh, wow, how did you do
1: that? That would be it. Amazing. Cool. So are you taking any video applications? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can anyone, anyone send you a close up effect? Going, um, Helen, uh, I've got this effect. Uh, would you like to see it? I'd love to show you and I'd love to teach you. No, oh,
0: absolutely, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely, are? Okay. yeah, I'd love that. I really would oh. love that.
1: Okay, we'll check your DMs because after this, I'm just going to like record heaps of videos and just send them to you on Instagram.
0: If you can teach <laughs> me some close up, that would be
1: great. I would love that, and I have no doubt you would be able to. I would be able to. When you create magic and you perform magic, you inherently believe that anything is possible because you know anything is possible. So we might end up having a close up show together. Who knows? Exactly. Well, I mean, the role of magicians is making the impossible possible. That's what it's all about. That it is. Oh, what a beautiful way to wrap up, Helen! Thank you so much. You are absolutely amazing and super inspiring. And thank you for everything that you have shared today, and for the open invitation to possibly create a close-up show with you. I mean, I did not expect that. That magic is all about the <laughs> unexpected, as well. So you have totally delivered. And thank absolutely. you so much for this suitcase full of money. I am so grateful, and I'm just going to spend. Yeah, and no, I'm going to spend it all on brand new magic <laughs> effects and magic training. <laughs> Don't you have any
0: Dan Murphy's down your way?
1: Oh no. Um someone really smart taught me never to mix alcohol and magic. Oh. I'm pretty sure that was you, right? <laughs> hey, snap. Thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah. Nice work. Nice work. Love your work. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for having me on today. It's been a wonderful, wonderful chat. And uh, thank you for listening to my stories. You didn't you oh didn't my yawn once. No, <laughs>
1: we actually had an internet connection at one point you didn't see I was like oh I put my makeup back on I actually I changed everything I freshened up my hair so no but thank you so much for the joy for the entertainment for the wonder and the delight Um, you've got so much to share and yeah I've absolutely loved connecting with you and I can't wait till I get to meet you in person one day it will happen thank you so much Jordana thank you To learn more about Helen's magical career, there is a link in the show notes below, as well as information to connect with Helen on social media. Thanks so much for listening and joining our adventure. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a star rating and a review because it will absolutely help spread the magic to more people. Catch you next episode.